Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Me too. I'm excited to be here today. Well, today's going to be a tough, uh, I don't want to say a tough, but it's going to be something that's close to your heart, right? Yes. Uh, We're going to be talking about losing loved ones Mm -hmm. and dealing with loss. Yeah, dealing with loss, which is something I should be a pro at. Yeah, you've had a lot of loss in your... Yeah, um, significant. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like, well, even since we've known each other, it's been, what, four or five people? In your life? Do you want me to count? No, 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 it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. But let's, uh, so again, I, I'm, I, my whole life it's been 17. I can count 17 losses of people that were extremely close to me. Wow. That's, I, I can't even fathom that. Yeah. You know, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a whole different, you know, I'm on the other you, side of it. Uh, of you it got all. a little rad there too. So, you know, your attachment is a lot different. Well, that's, that's my point. You know, yeah. I, I have. I know this sounds bad, but it's like, I wish I had a little bit of rad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't had to deal with the level of loss. You know, I've mm-hmm. had some loss, my father, my grandfather. But again, it's because I didn't really have these close attachments to these people that it didn't affect me, you know, as severely as it as it. Yeah. These, you know, your losses have affected you and I can see you already starting to welt up a little bit. So <laughs> it's going to be a difficult uh, podcast, but I, I hope that we can take some positive from it have something to give to our listeners that they can take away and you know something positive that they can hold on to and and help through these you know tough times we all have losses um and it doesn't have to necessarily be a death to be a loss and what well and let's start there let's start with kind of defining what loss is well loss you know you hear loss loss of a loved one you think death you know you think something tragic abandonment, you know, is loss. Not ever knowing your mother and father or having them walk out on you is is loss. Growing apart from someone that you've been close to is loss of a loved one. And then the most infamous one, which is as we start to heal our trauma and we start actually placing boundaries because we realize that boundaries are healthy for us, we lose people then too. So losing a loved one can happen on so many different levels and on many different facets. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to expand on that, every every time you lose someone, right, you go through a grieving process. And that's what we want to focus on in the first segment, right, is what is the grieving process? How does it begin? You know, what are the steps? So take us through that because it's going to be different, of course, depending on the level of loss. But we all grieve these losses. So Let's start there. Let's start with defining, I guess, what is the grieving process? What are the steps? Yeah. And, you know, how do how do we how do we identify when we're in that? Okay. So I love the question, but I'm going to refrain from giving the steps because it can really confuse people because it confused me. I felt like, okay, I should be here by now because these are the steps to grief. And it really threw off my grieving process. So what I want to emphasize is that Grieving for everyone truly looks different. There are some people that can walk through life, close it up, 
And that's just how they grieve. And on the outside, people look at them like something's wrong with them because they're not breaking down. So the grieving process is revolving. You don't just go through the cycle of grief. They say there's five steps, but there's about seven. Like titles, you know, feeling numb and anger and sadness and stuff like that. It's revolving. Grief changes for you as you start to grow. So you don't ever stop grieving the loss. You become stronger to then just accepting it and having it become part of you. And so for me, I didn't start off the grieving process like most people. You know, shock and disbelief was where most people can start. But for me, it was more like numb. You know, it was what it was for me. And I had to just kind of move through it. I didn't actually get to feel anger until what, 18 years now later? When technically it was supposed to be, quote unquote, the third step of the grieving process. Well, it's not linear, you know, and that's, I guess. No, it's a revolving. Exactly. So that's, you know, the process itself is not step one, step two. It doesn't work that way. It's different for each person and each person enters into each step at different phases in their life and acknowledges those. But it's, it's about acknowledging where you are in the process and understanding it. And that's that's where we want to focus on. Yes. So having that level of awareness by itself for me (laughs) is a challenge. And when you're grieving, it's a whole other process. And you need to be asking yourself questions. You know, when you think of this person that you've lost or when you think of the situation, processing and asking yourself questions and really kind of understanding this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling angry right now. And it's okay. A lot of people get so upset with themselves. Like, how can I be angry at this person? They lost their life or they're no longer here no more. That does not mean that you don't deserve the right to feel angry. Maybe they didn't take care of themselves and maybe they were selfish in their behaviors or maybe they did things that you didn't you know, agree with or maybe you didn't get to say goodbye. Whatever it was, you need to allow yourself to feel it. And that's part of the grieving process is giving yourself what you need in that moment. And you need to be able to ask yourself, what do I need right now? And sometimes it's to scream in a pillow. Other times it's just to sob until you fall asleep. You need to allow your body to go through those cycles so that you don't find yourself having these huge outbursts without understanding what is the behavior behind it. And I think that for me, I never properly grieved my mother. I'm properly now grieving my brother, but I never properly grieved my mother. And I was, you know, stuck. I was stuck in the grieving process because I didn't allow myself to grieve. I kind of just stuck at the numbness towards it, you know, instead of embracing it. And that I think happens to a lot of people, right? They get stuck on that one step, right? And because grief can come in a lot of different forms, like you just mentioned, right? There's there's the there's anger, there's despair, you know, you can be depressed about it. You can do the numbness, like you said, denial, you know, you gloss over things. These are all, you know, part of that grieving. And a lot of people get stuck in one of those sections, right? And you hear this a lot, right? Get over it, right? Mm -hmm. It's been so many years or been so many months. I've heard that so many times. (laughs) When are are you going to get over it, right? So that's that's the, the one thing that you hear a lot of. And the truth of the matter is you you never get over it, right? You never get over it. You just learn to cope with the loss. I think the best thing to do for our our listeners to understand is to kind of go over, and I know this is kind of an open wound for you, but it's part of that processing, right, that we we talk about. So talk a little bit more about, like, your relationship 
with your mom and how after losing her, you know, the, what you had to go through. Yeah. What I want to comment on real quick was you said, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I heard, when are you going to get over it? I think a more appropriate thing to have said to me is, when are you going to start coping with it? You know, that would have made the difference. That would have made me feel better about my situation because you don't, you don't get over it. You grow through it, you know? And for me, you know, my loss and my grief cycle was on a completely different level because I was the parent in the relationship with my mother. Everybody knows if you've listened to me, my mother was an addict. She abandoned my needs, invalidated my needs, put herself before me. She had her own journey, her own mental health that she was dealing with. But nevertheless, I still suffered because of that. And because I was always the one taking care of her and cleaning up after her messes and finding a way that we, you know, wouldn't, you know, be evicted or how do I keep bills on and how can I get food and how can I do this and having to go through that whole process that losing her in some ways because I was such a caretaker that's all I ever knew so part of grieving her and I'm just kind of like having this light bulb moment was also grieving the loss of my role and I didn't know how to function outside of that yeah you became very parentified at a very young age and it's tough and in a a weird way it's kind of like losing a child right because you were such the caretaker and you felt guilty for a long time because oh I know, God. you know, it, it's been, a, you know, I'm giving you a chance to to get yourself together because I can see that you're having <laughs> you're a tough a good time. Job. For a long time, it was it was tough on you just to understand, you know, that level of grief that you felt. Yeah, it was it was deep and it was like ingrained in me. Like I try to think of like how to explain it. And the only way that I could explain it was like vines. Like if I was a tree and I was standing, the grief was entwined in me into every part of my cell. And I felt so stuck and cemented and held down by these vines of grief. And I didn't even, and literally it's been 18 years. I am just now like letting it out. And it is so challenging at times because this is what I needed to do then. I needed to fall apart then. Not now when you have a family and you're supposed to fucking be doing everything you have to be doing. But then when I didn't have the same responsibilities, when I didn't have to really care about how I was going to show up the next day to work because I was 19, 20 years old. So it's tough. And I think the biggest thing for me is just realizing that. And it's frustrating because it's like, why now? Like, why couldn't I just do that then? What the hell is wrong with me? Like, get over it. I verbally and emotionally beat myself up. But that is what I was doing then, and it wasn't productive. And so now when I have to cry like I cry right now, I'm just letting it out. I cried in my car earlier. I cried when I woke up. It just, it it comes. You can't stop it. If you stop it, you will prolong the grieving process. Hands down. And I think, so I can explain a little bit about how you, how how this has affected you. I think it was your drive. So- you know, we've talked about, and if you've been listening to us and, you know, you've heard, you know, the different, if you, you know, we go back to like the trauma gifts, right? You know, your drive to move past it was the, was the one thing that helped you get through it in the, in the moment, but at the same time was a detriment to you because you weren't processing it. Yeah. You were just moving through it, that drive. And it's different for everyone. Not everyone's going to deal with that loss. If you were someone else, you could have easily 
falling into the numbness. Yeah. You know, you could have easily fallen into the depression where you couldn't move or you couldn't get up. No, I didn't have that. Exactly. For you, because of your personality, because of who you are, it, it you used your drive to move yourself past it, but you never clearly processed the no, emotions. I had my foot. I had pe- like, what is it? Help me with these phrases. Pedal to the metal, metal to the pedal, whatever it is. Yeah. If you guys have been listening by now, you know I have these funny f- phrases. So just, you know, deal with it. But anyways, that's what I did. And I was just, I was in college. I got every award. I, when I, I remember, you know, being in law classes and doing all the things I did. I was pregnant with my son. I, I didn't matter. I had our daughter to take care of. I was full-time job and in college and I was getting straight A's. And that was my trauma drive. That was my trauma drive because I couldn't be anything less than that. That is all I ever had. My whole life was my test scores, was my eloquent and my ability to be able to speak, was how I wrote stories, was how I connected with people. And those are the four fucking things that I needed to continue to do because without it, I didn't know who I was. Fast forward to now, right? Now you have moved past that. You've moved past. Once you start to process and start to uh, recognize these traumas and you're now that your eyes have been open to you know you're you're much more self-aware and self-intuned now you're taking that time to you know deal with your feelings deal with the emotions and process through those yeah and i think it doesn't get easier like I've said, I've had like, I don't know, 17, I mean, significant. I'm talking my mother, my brother, both of my grandmothers, aunts and uncles, which not the biggest relationships, but my stepmother who I adored. You know what I mean? My brother's death is the worst. That's the one that really has me. And I'm actually working through that a lot quicker than I did with my mother's because I'm just allowing myself to feel how I have to, you know, because that's the grieving process. You don't get over it. Like you don't wake up one day and be like, eh, whatever. You wake up one day and you're like, eh, kind of hurts, but let me move on from here. And it's hard when, pe- when you are going through this process and someone doesn't understand or the people around you don't understand, you feel that much worse about it because you're like, they're telling me to just like move on from it or you need to do this or whatever. And, you know, the coworkers or whatever it is, and you just feel so at a loss. And the thing that I want you to take away from this is you don't need anybody else's permission to grieve the way that you need to grieve. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to say, well, I mean, we were close. Who gives a fuck what anybody has to say? Who cares if you've been grieving for 10 years? What I want you to take away from this, though, is that cope. Learn healthy coping skills. It's okay to say, I am in pain. My heart aches. I miss them. But how can I cope with this healthy? I can't run away from it. I can't numb it. I can't use substances because I'm no better than they are. What can I do with it? How can I transform my grief into something amazing? And if you listen to our Trauma Gifts um, podcast, all the grief that I have experienced has given me those gifts. And so here I am. Yeah, it's interesting because it's the same uh, dynamic, right? With your mom and your brother, uh, you were in a parentified role with both of them. You know, you, with your brother, it's the loss has been, you know, a lot closer. You know, your, your mom, that was 18 years ago. Your brother was only three years ago. So uh, two years ago, sorry. Now that you're aware and you're more in tune with yourself, it's easier to process through these things the one thing we should emphasize is like what you said you you don't get over these losses you learn to cope with them 
and finding effective ways to cope with these losses is the only way to truly, you know, move past the 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 loss and get through this grieving process. And we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we'll go into talking about how to effectively deal with a loss, you know, deal with the grieving process and how to how to get there. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. We want to take a moment to thank our listeners for all their continued support. If you like the show, please consider supporting us via Venmo at QAskCourtney. That's the letter Q, Ask Courtney. Any amount is appreciated and will help us to be here with you on your self-improvement journey. You can also reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-H-A-N-Y media.com. Thank you. Now back to our podcast. So we've been talking about dealing with loss, in particular, you know, death, the death of a loved one yeah. when, when it comes, when it's in your case. But, you know, this, these things can be applied to any loss, you know, for their different scales, of course, the loss of, a, the death of, of someone that you care about is, you know, is that to the max, right? But there's, you, you can use these same techniques to deal with, you know, loss, smaller losses of people that, you know, you may not be that may not be in your life anymore because of whatever reason yeah. it is. And for some people, when someone that you love is alive, but they seem dead to you, that's just as painful too. Absolutely. So I think I, I really liked how you highlighted that. Like it's it's just different and it's all on different levels. You know, loss is loss. Grief is grief. And you shouldn't mitigate the circumstances. You shouldn't say, oh, well, it could be worse. It doesn't matter if things could be worse or things could be better. When we do that, we invalidate how we're feeling. And when we invalidate how we feel, that little child in us that had been val- invalidated our entire life feels that. And that's why it feels so wrong. So let's go into let's talk about coping and moving forward. Yes. So the biggest thing that I have learned is accepting it and not fighting it. That's been the hardest thing for me is to just accept like, okay, I can't change this. There is nothing that I can do. And I cannot go back and say, well, I should have did this. And I could have said this and I should have called him. And why did I push him away? Why did I do this? You just have to accept the circumstances, whether you like it or not. It is your reality now and is what you have to deal with. And the sooner you come to terms with accepting that this is what I have in front of me, you can then start working on it because the denial of it or the beating yourself up of it prolongs this process. And like I said, you never get over it. There's no time stamp. There's no I've reached the end of the journey with grieving, but there's beauty on the other side. And there are days when you'll smile more and cry less, but you cannot get there until you accept, accept the moment, accept the loss. Don't fight it. And that's easier said than done, of course. You have to understand that accepting it sometimes is like, and and this happens with with any type of self help journey or or your self improvement journey. And you've you've said this before, right? A lot of the times, it's two steps forward and one step back. Yep. So it's okay to fall back on. You know, sometimes you get to a point where you feel good and you feel like, okay, I'm at that brink. And then you have a setback or you have a memory come and whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, then you have the setback, but don't let that setback, you know, dictate where you, where you are. You you keep moving forward. If you know, and, and again, this applies to any of the other things that we talk about, right? 
it's never linear, right? It's never, okay, once I get to this point, I, I can continue on to the next point. Sometimes you have these setbacks, but it's okay. It's okay. You deal with them the same way. And that brings us to the next. Yeah. And before we get, you know, to that next point, I just wanted to say that, you know, it's like a rocking horse. Healing is a rocking horse. You know how you rock and eventually you get to the other side of the room and you're like, what the hell? It took me like 10 years to get here, but you do it because it's a little rock forward, a little back. When we take steps back, I like to look at it as a sidestep. You know, you need to step, step to the side to look back to see, okay, how far have I come? Have I forgotten any baggage? Is there anything that I've forgotten? Because if it was always straightforward, then it's trauma drive, right? But that one step to the side is part of the healing process. And it doesn't mean that you've, everything that you've gone through, it's, it's done. I've taken a sidestep. That is it. I, you know, no, it does not negate all the times that you were able to do things a certain way. It does not take away from your strength and resilience in those moments of tough times or whatever. It gives you the ability to stop and look back and say, okay, have I forgotten anything? That's what those sidesteps are for. And I am the biggest failure when it comes to that at times because it's like I'm doing the two-step and I'm still like, hey, why aren't I moving forward? And it's because I have to stop. That is my drive. My drive continues to go. And that's why, you know, sometimes you get frustrated at me and it's like, I, it's this, the trauma drive. I have to keep slowing it down. And, and you know, I, you have to be more present. And exactly. that's, that's yeah, my, that's, my irritation sometimes is I want you to be present because, yeah, your drive moves you forward. But sometimes just the action of moving forward isn't enough. You have to be present mm-hmm. and in what you're thing. doing. The more present I, I'm in, I am the less further I go. So my drive is dictated upon who gives a shit what's going on right now. You just go. And it's the most amazing thing about me and the worst thing at the same time. Because the more present I am, the more, oh, should I do this? But what about this? And then I'm not moving anywhere. But sometimes that that's needed. So it's, well, it's an ongoing what, process for yeah, me. That's I, what I happens. had a sidestep today, guys. All right. <laughs> but it's okay. So that's what happens to me. And, and I, like I'm, I'm too present sometimes, right? Because it, the same thing, and my my gift is my curse at the same time. You say this to me all the time, right? You have this unique gift of being able to see, okay, two, three steps ahead or 10 steps ahead, but that hinders me in a lot of ways. It's it's great when I'm doing a task that I can, okay, I can see the finish line before I get there, but at the same time, if I can't see the finish line or if I see if I see an obstacle in the way, I you know I veer too far to one end to the other to avoid it, that it hinders me, right? So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. These these gifts can be you know again some of the things that hinder us, but it's understanding and being present enough within ourselves to understand. Okay, this is both a gift and a curse. Uh, finding the the middle ground between the it being a gift and it being a, a hindrance is what helps us move forward. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. So processing, you talked a little bit about that. I think that's the next key thing that you need to do to be able to uh, help yourself cope with these. So talk a little bit about that. Well, we're going to have a podcast on it, which I think is going to be fantastic, like how to process. But on on a basic level, processing is really just a verbalizing what's in your head, expressing how you feel, finding the validity in that. And then trying to figure out how to move forward with what you've, the conclusion that you've come to. So for me, it's like processing the death. You know, there wasn't anything that I could do. He was an addict. He was using. I stopped giving him money and I stopped doing all these things because I I didn't want blood on my hands and it wasn't helping him. 
Okay. So I've, I processed that and I understand I have control over that. And then it's it's coming to the fact that this hurts. This is painful. And, and this sucks that he's not here. He should be. But this was ultimately his choice and his addiction got ahead of him. And so although I feel pain for that and I feel upset about that and I miss him, there isn't anything that I can do now other than continue to, you know, go on my own healing process. That's kind of processing an emotion that I feel about him. I was able to connect it to X, Y, and Z. And I think processing that and processing how we feel, it doesn't come natural to, to, to some people that have had my trauma or it doesn't come natural to people that, who have had abandonment or their voices were never valued. And because they were quiet and complacent and cooperative, they never spoke louder. They never had their needs met. So trying to consistently process and do that as an adult can be hard. It gets easier over time and you still sometimes take a step back. But processing the emotion to the loss and asking yourself, why do I feel this way? It's just it kind of helps just alleviate a little bit of that insecurities that you feel and the anxieties that you feel surrounding it. Yeah, you did a great job of doing that, you know, right now. Right. But, yeah, we're going to do a complete podcast on processing what it what it is, how to do it effectively. But you did that just now. You you. You said these are the emotions and that's what it is, right? Saying this is the emotion I feel and then going through, okay, is that a valid emotion? Should I be feeling that way? And that's what processing is, is validating that you feel this way. There's nothing wrong with how you feel, but then taking a step back and saying, is how I feel, is that productive for me right now? And is that what's actually going on? Exactly. And that's, and we'll get into that in, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a future podcast. Absolutely. We'll, we'll discuss that in detail because that's, that's a huge component of self-help and going on this self-help journey. So something else that you just did was you demonstrated how to sit with your emotions. Yeah. Because that's important. You have to allow yourself to feel it. And I'm on I'm on air right now. Like I'm like, how the hell do I do this? I just sat there and cried and did the best I could to get my sentence out. If I brushed those emotions away and was just like, not right now, not right now, I would have completely invalidated what my body was feeling in that moment. Our brains protect us. That's where psychogenic amnesia comes from. You know, that's why it releases emotions at one point and memories at another. It's trying to give us what we can handle. So if it something is coming to fruition in your head and you're feeling something, that means that it's okay to feel it. Your brain knows before you do that this is okay. So you have to sit with it. You have to feel it to heal it. You have to sit with that grief and that loss and that pain and that anguish. You just can't become the emotion and you can't stay with it. Sit with it, acknowledge it, process it. It's time to go now. And if it comes back in three hours, Thanks for you to coming back again. Okay, I'm going to sit with you again. I'm going to go through this. But you just don't want to become the grief. You don't want to become the anguish. It's okay to feel it. Just don't become it. Yeah, I think those are the and those are the key components. You know, if you want to start coping with it and moving forward from these losses, those are the key components that you need. And then we're going to end it with with just if you need always, and we say this all the time, it's okay to ask for help. You know, when you're dealing with a loss, when you're dealing with these emotions and uh, and hopefully you're listening to us and this is helping you, but take that next step, you know, find there's great grief counselors 
available. Uh, there's a particular website that you can go to is CompassionateFriends.org. The, I'm sorry, TheCompassionateFriends.org. Great resource. Seek help. You know, it's okay to say, you know, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble. Do the steps that we, that we offered, but also don't be afraid to take it a step further and ask for help from a trained professional. Exactly. And let me just say this, being in, you know, the mental health field and, you know, counselor for 15 years or whatever, the sooner you get grief counseling, the better. Now, here I am. I didn't do that. It took me a long time. So this is why I'm telling you, it is okay to need help and it is okay to ask for help. And the sooner that you accept that and the sooner that you ask for it, the sooner you will start feeling relief and balance and you can start processing the loss and moving forward with your life. Well, that's great advice. And we'll uh, we'll end it here. I hope you guys got something from all this. and uh, we. Love to hear from you. So reach out to us and let us know what you think and if you have any ideas for the podcast. So, guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.